Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, I'm Andrew. This is the Nerve Podcast, and thanks for joining me on this episode. In this episode, I talk to Paul Stewart, who is the owner of Bike Locker. We talk about his shop, the kind of things that he sells, and of course, we talk about motorcycles. So just before I bring you the latest episode, I just wanted to do some housekeeping. I would like to say thanks very much to all those guys that did download the first guest episode, which uh, I launched two Fridays ago. Um, for those of you that downloaded it in the first two days, I need to apologize. There was a mistake in the um, in the episode. Uh, towards the end, I got the syncing of two tracks wrong and they were talking over one another um i only realized that a day or two later and rectified it as soon as i could so for those of you that downloaded it in the first two days sorry about that um i have fixed it if you were to want to re-listen to the at least the last 30 seconds please do so um it's available for download then again so in this week's episode like i said I had a conversation with Paul Stewart while I was down in Cape Town over December. I happened to uh, go to his shop, the bike locker. So when you listen to the episode, you'll hear there's noise in the background. And at about one o'clock, it being Friday, the um, local mosque started uh, doing its prayers. So hopefully you don't mind listening to that for a little bit. But like I said, this podcast for me is about having conversations with interesting people that I've met along the way. And this is one of those interesting conversations. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did while I was editing it. Just brought back the the conversation and how awesome it was to be in Paul's shop. And I highly recommend that if you're in Cape Town and you're into bikes and um, you want to meet some cool people and have conversations about bike travels and stories about which bikes you've owned which bikes you've ridden, and also if you want to buy some really cool stuff for your, your biker image, then by all means, pull into um, Paul's shop. He's got some amazing stuff, as you will hear in the podcast. He um, he puts a lot of effort into finding some really, really unique stuff. I don't want to spoil the episode, but uh, like I said, listen to the episode and decide for yourself. And now, I bring you this week's episode. So we've, we've chatted a bit already. Yeah, we have. So tell me about your um, your storage stuff again. So yeah, um, I was getting moaned at for having my stuff lying around the office. Um, basically, what happens if a client comes in? And my response was, so what if yeah. a client comes in? Yeah. So I eventually had went online. I found the, the, the little bike tidy thing there in the, on the wall. And then I went to go see the people and I realized they had all this other cool stuff and they didn't have the foggiest idea what they were doing from a business point of view. It was something their dad developed. He developed a very rudimentary de- 
design for himself because his wife was moaning. They, they live in the UK, um, in the upper Midlands. Very wet, very muddy, very dirty, and she was always moaning about his wet stuff dripping in the in the hallway, all this kind of stuff. So he built himself something, and a mate of it, of his saw it and went, "That's really cool. Make me one." And then another one, and another one, and another one, and then he actually put some thought process into it. The design is essentially unchanged for a very, very long period of time. Um, the helmet holder, the, the very top shelf which we put helmets on, um, that used to be uh, just a little arm which poked out and held a single helmet. Now it's a, a frame. Big, helmets have changed over the years, so uh, the weights and angles and big bulky chin pieces and things like this, so they've, they've changed the way they're doing it. And I went to go and see them and said, I need to bring the stuff here. Let me buy some of the stuff, make it available here. We are looking at producing locally because the the import costs are not that bad, but it's the delay. Um, gets impounded, it took, takes three months to get it cleared through customs for no good reason at all. Mm. And then they demand documents and I'm like, but we've, you've already got that. And I don't submit anything. And then the next day it's released anyway. So there actually is no rhyme or reason to this process. We don't want to go through that because it was about five months to get the first container load here. So we're down to a handful left, probably between five and ten units across the board um, that's left in stock. And when they're finished in the new year, we'll, we'll start making locally. So we've, we've gone through the design process. So we're busy with uh, a modified one of these for bicycles. Um, the, the cyclists amongst us have the same kind of kit, amount of kit that bikers have got. Um, quite often they don't have somewhere to put their bicycle, so we've actually designed it so we can, we've modified one of these that you can put two bicycles on one of the racks, vertical, and then have your riding gear, your helmets, your, your bibs, whatever it is that, that the guys want can all be kept in one place. I looked at this because I'm very lucky, I've got fitted cupboards in the back of my garage with all my stuff, and it's still not enough. And I had to put special bars in because the, the normal standard aluminium bars have been ripped out of the cupboard at some point, too many jackets on it. It's just too heavy. And um, I had these purpose made and they're ready full. When I brought these across, the first demo set, I set them up in the garage. So this video that you're looking at, it's actually my garage, which we then emptied and painted and fitted everything in it. Okay. And it was really cool because I had the use of these for two and a half, three months while we were busy fitting out the bike locker. And the day I had to dismantle them and bring them here was pretty bleak because now <laughs> I have to take a car out to get to the cupboards like I used to, which was okay at the time, but now I know better. Now, and now I know it's easier. Now I, <laughs> I know there's a better system. So it's a little bit irritating. It's the coolest thing because they were mounted on the walls. They're not all floor standing, as you can see, some mount on the wall. And then you would get off the bike in the garage, helmet onto the shelf, gloves off, clip them up, boots off onto the rack on the floor and everything gets to breathe nicely. It's all in one place. It's protected. As long as your garage isn't very dusty, then it's, the stuff's going to stay clean. And it, it was literally life-changing without realizing it until I took it away. And then I was like, damn, this was so convenient to have everything. If you've got different bikes, you've got different bits of kit and you dress differently for different bikes. Mm. So you've got a, the helmet for the for the chopper, you have the helmet for the dual adventure bike, you have the helmet for the, the super bike, and the kit that goes with it, the boots, the, the pants, the gloves, and all that kind of crap. And now I actually was able to keep those things together and not go scratching on a Saturday night because I'm going out on Sunday morning trying to figure out where's all my stuff. Exactly. Yeah. In different cupboards, <laughs> in the house, in the shed, in the, in the Wendy house, where is the stuff? 
I think I'm a very typical biker in that I've got more than one helmet, more than one jacket, more than one pair of shoes or boots, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I am the kind of guy who, when I see something which is nice, I, I have a good feel for what's cool. And if I walk in and go, whoa, generally speaking, 99% of the people I know will go, whoa, yeah. when they see it. And the, the whole point of the other items in the shop, not the biker tidy stuff, is that I often come across really nice stuff. Yeah. So we've got very unique items, very limited items. Some of the t-shirts here are limited to one or two or three only. And no, we can't get any more because that's all we were given. The guy only made 50 and I got three. Yeah. And, and sorry, but it's a small and two mediums. No, there isn't yeah. a large, yeah, and, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. And when they're gone, they're gone. You won't get the same T-shirt again. I can't order it. I can get another T-shirt from him, his current design, because his whole purpose, what he enjoys, is the creative process. So he wants to do something different every time. So, so that's what they do. So they, they do something for a season or for an event. Uh, they, this one company is quite known for uh, an event they do in North Africa. And they then create memorabilia, which you can only get if you participate. Okay. So if there's 20 guys going, there's 20 of those things made. If there's 50 guys going, he makes 50. There are no more. Mm. And that's the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, and that I really enjoy is the, the creativity, the quality, the uniqueness. They've all got cool stories. Mm. They've all got cool things to tell you, which is really nice. Getting back to the Biker Tidy, it's a family-run business really really nice people to to do business with the build quality is amazing um, the stuff's not cheap it's not expensive uh, it's way cheaper than building the cupboards that i built that i can assure you exactly um, yeah. you know it, it makes such a big difference and it's just convenient uh, there's a limit to what we can do in south africa as an example they can change the color at the moment you're looking at all blacks they can change the color to a red or an orange or a green for mm. 10 pounds Oh, wow. We're not able to do that. Yeah. So our manufacturing costs are actually slightly higher, but given the shipping and the insurance and everything, we actually come in cheaper okay. um, with local manufacturing, even though if you look at the individuals, it's actually more expensive. But when you factor the whole thing in, because somebody has to pay for this. Yeah, sure. And so we factor it into each, each one comes with its own factor because it takes up a shape, size, volume, etc. So there's a percentage we get supplied yeah. to it. And it, it's not very expensive. Um, so obviously, um, you know, if you're going to manufacture it here, you've struck a deal with the guys in the UK. We, we have. We've got their, their buy-in, their permission. They're super nervous. It, it's a family-run business. It has been for 40 years. Yeah. They, they, they do multiple things, and, and the metal manufacturing side of it is just one of the things. They do really good work. They have jigs for everything. They're very professional. It's really nice. I, I enjoyed my time with them in the UK. They do shows, but they're not international. Yeah. And I travel a lot, so mm. I've, I've said to them, I'll spread the word. Spread the word, yeah. So yeah. I've, I've brought it here. It, the business here is put together on a handshake. Mm. We're not into contracts. It doesn't need to be all complicated and everything. There's no consignment stock. I'm buying the stock outright. I just want it to be as simple and as clean as possible. Mm. I place my order. They deliver the stuff. It's that simple. We work together from a development point of view. I've helped them with some of their branding, their website has been quite old um, they've put a lot of work in in the last two years to now upgrade it and everything and I've shown them what we're doing we're very creative I'm surrounded by people who really know their stuff yeah so I'm very fortunate I, I have a another day job unrelated to the bike locker and they're okay with us doing it here locally they're nervous but they've got a very nice guy who's a business consultant who was a friend of their dad and 
he's a practical kind of guy and when, when we sat down he was like all defensive and no guys, you've got really nice stuff. I want to make it available in South Africa, yes or no? How much is the stuff? Can you give me a discount? Yes or no? Boom, let's buy some. They give me permission to use your brand and link to your website and they were like, seriously? Really, that's all it is? I said, yeah, I don't want to take your business. I want to do my own thing. You're commercial. This is not heavily commercial. Yeah. This, we have a coffee machine. You can't buy coffee here. We have beers in the fridge. No, you can't buy beer. It's not how it works. Yeah, it, sure. Um, it's meant to be a place where you get together with mates. We enjoy motorbikes. We listen to the news. We watch rugby or cricket or you've just come back from a trip or and just sit and chat and have fun and share things that we enjoy. Read the magazines that we bring in from overseas, which you can't get here. Read the books that you can't get here. That's the whole point, is just chill. It's, so it's, I think afterwards I've realized it's sort of a man cave for people who don't have their own man cave. Yeah. But that wasn't the purpose. The sitting area is actually the core of everything. And we want people to use it. We have people who come and have meetings here doesn't cost them anything. I'll make you a cup of coffee and as long as you don't mind me faffing around you, don't worry about it. So cool. <laughs> um, we, we've had two guys come in and they, the one guy rented it for a morning, so it, it's not expensive. We, we don't have a lot of costs, so I'm never going to get rich selling a t-shirt or renting out uh, two couches for a meeting. That, that's not the business model. You're not going to make money doing yeah. that. And we locked the door, we left them alone, and we went around the corner for two hours while they were busy. The, the one guy rented it for the whole day. It was uh, a bunch of managers. They brought a flip chart and a projector and a projection screen and they had the meeting here, no worries. Uh, they got catering in. We just put hot plates in the studio and no worries. Awesome. It, it's meant to be something useful without the heavy commercial side of it. I've never enjoyed, when I've gone out with people in the past, I don't want to mention brands, but you're obliged to buy a cup of coffee, a sandwich, a muffin. You know, these people do this for a business. That's where they get their revenue from. Not here. Yeah. I want the guys to come in, relax, no pressure, log on to the guest Wi-Fi if you want to, read your emails, do some social media. No worries. Don't, don't stress. It, it's meant to be cool people coming together. That's why I'm doing it. It is meant to pay its own way. Um, and we'll get there. We have a very pragmatic view to this. It's, it's not, not giving stuff away. That's not what it's about. But we'll get there, and it's not going to be next week. It takes a while to build this brand. We're not doing heavy advertising. It's word of mouth. We're not a club. If I do this incorrectly, we're going to have the wrong kind of people coming here. They've tried. Uh, nothing against all my brothers and sisters who ride motorbikes. Mm. But when they come in here and the first thing is, can I have a beer? Then the answer is no. Clearly, you're here for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You're not here to socialize. You're not here to spend time. Tell me some of your stories. Where do you come from? It's what do you ride? Why do you ride? You know that kind of thing, and that's mm. actually what it's about. It's relax. Yeah, exactly. You know? it's relax. Awesome. It's a nice feel about it. So the name, the bike locker. I mean, was it? <laughs> did it come out of the whole storage thing, or I mean, did the business start because of the storage thing? No, it started because I gave up my day job and I didn't okay. know what to do with myself. Right. And I was still riding and doing day day trips and walking on the beachfront and I've always wanted to do something along this line. A lot of the artifacts you see here, the old stuff, are things which I've collected over many years. So I would be in Rome and you walk into a shop and you go, oh my gosh, that is so amazing, I've got to have that. And you buy it. 
Yeah. And then you take it home and it, you show the wife and say, yeah, no, that's awesome. I think it's really good. So where are we going to put it? In the shed. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't fit in with the rest of the exactly, house. Yeah. So I had tons of stuff like that. Mm. And, and many other guys have got things which are hidden in boxes and stuck in a cupboard in the back of a shelf somewhere or under the crate in the garage or whatever the case may be. This allowed me to bring a lot of those things out and quite a few guys have brought other stuff here so some of the stuff doesn't belong to me. Mm. So you have a nice telescope which you rebuilt and now it sits collecting dust in, in the back shed. Bring it here. If it fits in with what we're doing here, I don't, I'll put it on my insurance, we'll look mm. after it, the guys can appreciate it, no hassles. Um, the, the whole point is so many of us are so similar in what we enjoy in life when it comes. Bikers are common mm. in, in what, we, what we enjoy. There are a bunch of guys in any club who I would enjoy hanging out with and a bunch of guys who are part of the club and they're not necessarily the guys I would choose to have a braai with on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. That's nature and they probably wouldn't invite me to their braai because I'm probably not the kind of guy they'd like to hang out with. That's cool, no yeah. problem with that. The whole point of it being, you're gonna go riding on Saturday, Sunday, you're gonna invite some mates, it's not gonna be a motorcycle club full of guys. It's a handful of guys, four, five, six, seven guys. That's why there's eight chairs. Yeah. Just for a handful of guys, come and sit, come and chill, relax. We do, we haven't got any scheduled for Jan, Jan, December or January, but we've done whiskey tastings, um, we're doing brandy tastings, yeah. Um, the, the whole point is we, these are things we enjoy. As we've gotten older in life, we, we, we move away from swilling beer and yeah. <laughs> complaining the next day about how much beer we swilled the previous yeah. evening to a little bit more relaxed, enjoying the, appreciating the finer things in life um, because we now realize it's, it's not all about high speed and fast and yeah, exactly. more, more, more. It's now relax and take a moment enjoy it, take a photograph, yeah. um, don't just speed through the landscape, stop, smell mm. the roses as they say. Yeah, exactly. And or take a couple of photos of the scenery. I mean, that's one of my biggest things that I found. I would climb on my bike and I'm going from A to B and I get to the other side. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't take any photographs. No, that's a but huge yeah, problem. Yeah, so I'm, that's I'm why the same. I said, and I mean, I'm not the biggest social media guy, but I've like said, okay, I've got to do my Instagram thing and I need to be able to put stuff on my Instagram, so that means I gotta take photos. And so it's more yep. about me yep. forcing me to take photos. Yep. But like you say, I mean, it's, uh, I think I've got to the point now where riding motorcycles is about the enjoyment, the guys that you're hanging with. Yeah. Like you say, it's a particular group of people. Hmm. Uh, you know, you've really soon sort out who's, you know, who's the right guys yeah, to hang yeah, with. Yeah, you know, um, well, they sort it out amongst themselves. Yeah, you exactly, know, yeah. The guys don't really enjoy it because we didn't have 15 beers, we, mm. we didn't get a massive buzz going, we didn't stand outside, throttles against the rev limiter, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, it, there's a place for that, and I'm not judging anybody, I, I'm not there. Mm. And most of the guys I want here who want to be here are not there either. Yeah. It's the odd naughty day mm. where we misbehave every now and then, but it's definitely not the norm. Yeah, it's it, it's the really norm, the yeah. exception. Yeah. I, I've always been a point A to point B kind of guy when it comes to, to getting stuff done. So. I would find the fastest, most direct route to anything, and that mm. includes riding. And social media has held no attraction for me at all. We, yeah. we had a Facebook page only so we could chat to the kids when we're traveling and send them photographs and things like that. Sure. And then WhatsApp came along, so Facebook sort of, Facebook sort of fell 
to one side and we set a group together and we share stuff and, and so forth. I've had to learn how to do this and it's been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's made me stop. I've always had a good eye for photography and, and mm. uh, putting things together and it's something I've always enjoyed. But now I actually get to do it on a much smaller scale. It worried me, who the hell's gonna look at my stuff? Yeah. How does this work? Yeah. How does that guy in a small town in Eastern Russia find me? Because it, it's happened. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm it like, happen. dude, how? I, I immediately go to, how boring is your life <laughs> if, if you have to sit there and all you've got is scrolling through all these things, but I find myself doing it and I'm looking for people with like interests, and yeah, now, sure. I, now I'm understanding. And social media, they, yeah. they, so I must tell you a story. Um, you know, like I was telling you earlier on about, you know, traveling light with equipment and all that kind of stuff. So obviously when I decided to start the podcast, the, the initial thing is, okay, let me go buy the, you know, all the fancy equipment. All, all the good like, kit. No, 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 hang on, hang on, <laughs> take a moment, take a moment. And then, um, but because I was looking at their stuff, now all of a sudden the adverts that I'm seeing on Instagram yeah. are all, so yesterday I see this advert on Instagram, it's um, for you know, one of the brands, Rode, yeah. and yeah. they've got this thing now where it's called the Rode, Rodecast or Rode Pod or something like that, so it's like a backpack, and all the stuff fits in the backpack, the sound, you know, the, yeah. the audio interface yeah. and the microphone, so everything fits into Whoa. their backpack, which is cool. But it just shows you how social media is working. Oh, no, it's and it does so help, important. But it does yeah. help in this kind of thing. There's a positive to it. Yeah. In the sense that, like you say, all of a sudden you start connecting with mm. like-minded people mm. because of your habits in terms of what you're looking at and their habits. I, I'm, I consider myself to be a pretty average guy mm. um, in all, all aspects of life. And it's the most amazing thing to have met all these people who I look at being totally cool. Yeah. And I'm like, I would never have bumped into these people. You would never have walked in the front door yeah. if we didn't have something which pulled you in. And yeah, I saw your Instagram post this morning, so I thought I'd come find you this morning. That was Richard and I was yeah. like, what, for real? He said, yeah, no, it was a pretty cool photograph. This, that, and the other, we had some time to kill, so here we are. Okay, so let's have a coffee, sit and chat, you know, and it, that would never have happened. In, in a normal job, even if I were, uh, had a, a social presence, the chances of somebody walking into my office, which is a laboratory, yeah. walking into my office and saying, hey, dude, it's all your stuff, let's sit down and have a chat. Mm. That's never going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's been weird. Mm. Um, but refreshing as it, well. Because it is. It, it's, like for me, it's, it's changed the dynamics of being in this sort of community is that all of a sudden, you know, you finding new places to go, yeah. new people to connect yeah, with. Yeah. And that's, for me, it's exciting. And also, what I didn't realize, uh, I've often thought that social media was, you know, you didn't have your own life. But I've realized that living vicariously through somebody else's eyes, through, and, and that's literally what Instagram and Facebook, Facebook less so, Instagram is meant to be more instant, yeah. meant to be more on the spot. Yeah. Some of the stuff is really well planned and really well thought mm -hmm. out, nothing wrong with that. Yeah you do end up experiencing what those people are doing. You get to see a few things, small, it's a fraction of what the, the guy's experiencing or the girl's experiencing, yeah. but you get to see a tiny piece of that. Yeah. And, it's, and you get to see, oh my gosh, I need to do 
Mpumalanga, oh my gosh, why didn't I go with the guys to Sabi for the weekend? Exactly, Shit, yeah. I need to do that next year, you know. That, <laughs> Did you see the photos no, from it the was bubble so run? cool, man. It I was, was chatting so to cool. Joe yesterday and I was saying, dude, that's so wrong. Anyway, I'm in Cape Town, but... <laughs> well, yeah. I had a long chat with them and apparently they do something every second or third, every one or two months. Yeah, they, go, yeah. they try and do yeah. riots. So um, I'm in Joburg at least once a month. We've, we've got business up there. So I've said to them, uh, let me know, keep me posted. Mm. And um, if I can arrange it, yeah. I know enough guys, I probably can be able to borrow a bike up there. I don't yeah. want to necessarily ride a bike up there. Um, and we also hook up uh, for breakfast, like on a Saturday morning. That's like what they were saying, every yeah. Uh, Saturday morning we hook up for that, breakfast. That's what they were saying, yeah. Um, we don't really do breakfasts. The, mm. the most we've done was some some, uh, we've bought some food in. Well, <laughs> the, the whole point is cof coffee and rusks. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, um, at uh, this, this time of the year, we've got some Lebkuchen and we've got ooh. some um, some nice German gingerbread biscuit kind ooh, of stuff. Nice. But um, yeah, it's 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 not meant to be like that. It's meant to be relaxed. Um, you lick the spoon and you put it on the table. You know, it's like no airs and yeah, graces. It's, exactly. It's like it, it's meant to be chilled. Yeah. yeah, it's meant to be. But chilled. I mean, it's a nice. It's a nice. Um, Neighborhood. Yeah, nice neighborhood. Oh, it's, it's very pretty. I mean, I see lots of people walking around taking photos of the street arts and all that. But I'm just saying, it's it's, it's nice for guys to know that they could almost have a, la a launch pad yeah. for their ride for the day. That is actually what I'm uh, either coming home or launching. Mm, yeah. So on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning, you want us to be open. The whole point is that, I mean, for the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, for example, mm. Um, the guys rocked up here, we got some muffins, we had coffee, we sat around for half an hour, 45 minutes talking nonsense, and it's old friends, two or three people which I didn't know, it was nice to meet them. We had uh, eight or nine bikes outside, it was all, it, it's not meant to be a club. And then we jumped in and we went down there and it was really, really cool. Mm. Uh, the original plan is we didn't know what the weather was going to be. This year was the first year that we had nice weather. Okay. Last year we froze to death. Right. The year before that we got rained on. Okay. The year before that it was freezing cold and it spat on us. <laughs> this year was beautiful weather. Yeah. And so the, the thought process was, rock up here, bring your additional kit with you, we'll suss out the weather, and then if you need rain stuff, leave all the other crap here. We go do the run, we come back here and we get changed again mm. to something more comfortable because it's the distinguished gentleman's right. You're not going to go there with rain kit on. You no. want to look decent. You want to look the part. Exactly. And, and it, it works really well. It, the whole point is come and chill, have a beer, have a cool drink, have a cup of coffee, sit and chat half an hour, 45 minutes, hour, whatever, and bugger off. Yeah. There's yeah. no other responsibilities, no expectations, no nothing. No, that's awesome. Get some nice photographs. We Instagram it, check out the bikes. Um, works for me it's yeah. something i'm interested in I, I make no no apologies this is not for anybody except me yeah well, exactly. <laughs> but i mean but you see that's the nice thing about it is that um like i think about these things is like you know like making the t-shirts making the t-shirts for myself but hey if you want to buy a t-shirt that's yeah fine. yeah I mean, you no, can definitely know, you can buy a t-shirt yeah but we, so i understand that so, so, I mean, do, and the, in terms of location and area, did you specifically choose Workop or did you? We did. Um, we, we, we found some really nice warehousing kind mm. of things, uh, but they were too big, too impersonal. Um, they didn't have the right feel. This mm. was a white box. I, I know it doesn't look like it now, but it was office I think space. I saw a photograph of, on yeah. your website. Yes, yeah, yeah you, you would have seen part of the process, what we made. Oh, I see it's Vince Yeah, they, it. they make cool stuff. Yeah, I know. 
And That's awesome. This is what leaves will do. So what we try to do is we try to keep a South African theme to it. So there's a, mm, a pro tier. Awesome. Awesome. We have mascots based around a skull. So okay. I'm wearing the, mm -hmm. the rockabilly check. Yeah, the rockabilly check. Um, the whole purpose is that we want something unique. Um, Liesl's going to be sewing. I see the sewing machine is out there. Mommy's sewing. Yeah. Um, we're putting the Made in South Africa labels on them okay. because we awesome. want, we've yeah. had tourists walk in here, which was not part of the plan. You won't believe how many tourists come past here. It's astounding. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm. So we go on holiday. Wife and I, we walk through the neighborhoods in London or yeah. Barcelona or Singapore. And you, you look at this and you look at that and you're super impressed with this, that and the other. And then you see the people looking out, sort of like mm. I do here. Yeah. The first time the tourists walk past, I was like, what the hell are you doing Dang here? It. <laughs> it, it's just Cape Town. Yeah. You know? And then, then, then we did the Red Top bus tour because yeah. we now suddenly realized, well, hang on, there's more to this. Yeah. And we learned so much about Cape Town. Oh, yeah, We've been living here forever. Cape Town, yeah, Cape Town yeah. Yeah. And then we realized, but we actually have cool stuff going on here. We actually yeah. have some really cool stories. No, mm. no wonder the people want to come and walk the neighborhood, take the photograph. Yes, it's pretty, but there's more to it than just the pretty colored houses. There's, mm. there's actually more to, to hear the stories. And the amount of walking tours that stop in front of us here, it's astounding. That's, oh, that's great. And we had no idea. Mm. So the t-shirts the we just showed you now, that's actually because the tourists come in and go, we love this. Have you got something with South Africa on it? Yeah. And we're like, no, we've got something from Barcelona. We've got something from, <laughs> from Biarritz. We, you know, they're like, yeah, no, we want something from South Africa. Like, Hence yeah. the, yeah, the that's le all drawing the stuff. Mm. Um, we've got 12 mascots, one for each month, and then we just play with them. And, and we, we uh, just printed some badges, the, the Rockabilly check now we just printed. Um, slowly but surely, building up a brand, building up mm. an identity. We've got a few things we want to do. We've got there's some, there's some guys around the world who do some really nice stuff. We'd like to emulate. They, they've you know they've really put so much thought into the stuff. It looks amazing. Mm. And there are other stuff which we look at and we go, no, dude, you should not have done that. That's like, you know, not good. That's so secondhand. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> You're destroying your own brand, kind of thing. First and foremost, this is for us. We. Yeah got into a lot of trouble at home, Liesl and I, before all the projects we were doing at home, we took over the kitchen, the dining room, oh, yeah. the, the sitting room, yeah. the, the back passage, the mm -hmm. shed, <laughs> under the LARPA, because we do different stuff. Yeah. Um, and things run concurrently, they don't all finish at the same time. So we needed, we basically got kicked out of the house, we've done no more of this shit. Okay. So we, we made ourselves a studio so we can do things and, mm. and make a mess and have four or five things happening at any one time. Yeah. Some of the stuff is for us because we, we have cool ideas mm. and we want to make something. Some of the stuff is for people. We've, we've made clothing racks for people, my workshop table. Yeah. And all, we make them all ourselves. Um, the, the whole point being is somebody wants something handmade, something very cool. Mm. It's not as easy as it looks. I don't let people yeah. fool you into thinking that it's easy. Yeah, it's exactly, not. Yeah. It's a lot of thought process that goes into it. So yeah, I have a really good relationship with one of the factories because I go and actually oh, yeah. lay the stuff out on the floor and we, we now realize how to do this. So it's, okay. it's a much, right. much better process. We, yeah. we design it um, on my iPad. We design the whole thing. We, know, we now know what the catalogs are and what components to use and we theoretically get it right. And then we go sit there and actually put, put the stuff together. together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it's the coolest thing. Yeah, so the bikes that you've got in here, you've... Um... Yeah, so the, the Benelli um, is a friend of mine. Bob, okay. he collects bikes, and there's very few of them. Benelli's never really done very well in South Africa. No. Um, globally, they haven't done that well. I never really respected them. Look, they're, 
the, the bike is beautifully built. Um, it's not the most powerful. It's a real bugger around town because it's got the turning circle of a battleship. Mm. So in the traffic, it's awful. Um, but the moment you get up to 60, 70 k's an hour or you're on the open road, it's absolutely amazing. What blew my mind away was I did a trip to Italy and I went to, to the Benelli Owners Club, which is Benelli Museum. It's run by, by the owners. I had no idea that so many of the people that I looked up to, Mike Halewood and mm. the likes, took their championships on Benelli's. Oh, really? Uh, wow. I was sitting there watching these videos and seeing all these cups and trophies and suits and helmets, and I'm like, you cannot be serious. I grew up with this stuff, and I only knew about the guy. I had no idea who the brand was. Wow. So it, it was a complete eye-opener for me. It was really, really cool to realize that so many of the guys who set the pace for modern racing started off on Kajivas mm. and uh, MV Augustas and Benelli's and a few other brands that we don't know of anymore. It was, it was such a, a revelation for me. I, I was so glad that I was able to do that. And again, without the bike locker, I wouldn't have done that. Because yeah. I, I went to Rome to go meet somebody who makes me belt buckles and makes bags. Um, and they just make a few. I, yeah. I had three belts and four bags, which I brought back. Um, and if I hadn't thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to go for a nice ride through the Tuscan Hills, mm. I would never have... So, okay, so where am I going? So let's go to Valentino's place. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the museum. Let's go to the National Motorcycle Museum, which blew my mind. It, it's truly... It, it was the first time I shot a video for Instagram. And I, of course, video takes sound, but that wasn't foremost on my mind. So I, I walk in the front of the door, <laughs> knowing it's going to be good. And I'm going, holy shit. And you can hear it, <laughs> but I didn't know. That's was, brilliant. It was hilarious. And I, oh my God. As I'm walking through the place, it was just yeah, filled with bikes. But there, I mean, that's, that the, was, that's the way it's um, supposed to be. It, it, in hindsight. Gonna take your breath away. <laughs> no, it, it was spectacular. So the bikes are people who, who don't use their bikes. They've done mm. special stuff. This one doesn't get ridden very often, this old GS. Um, all it needs is a battery. And uh, I'm pretty sure the carbs are a bit bungy by now, but yeah. it runs. It's not a problem. Um, so yeah, uh, the big KTM, uh, he hasn't ridden his bike in a very long time. And it took me ages to, per to persuade Eugene to let me bring the bike here. Okay. Coolest thing ever. Yeah. I said, I'll get a trailer, I'll come up to you. He said, no, 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 no. Uber to my place, ride it back to you. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was the coolest thing. So I took it home the Friday evening. It was actually funny. We got to his house and the battery was flat, destroyed. Uh, yeah. It's got a slipper clutch. You okay. try push start a bike with a slipper clutch. Yeah. It's not. I swear I thought my heart was going to fall out of my chest. It was beating so badly, running up and down the street with a stupid bike before you realized slipper clutch. Yeah. But we eventually got it started and it was completely fine and it was really cool. I mean, I've never driven the 1290 before. It's so different to my 1200. Yeah. Um, so is that your 1200? Yeah, this is mine. Um, she's a little bit dirty because we did some dirt roads. That's why mm. I took my helmets apart. I took my arrow apart this morning because it's full of dust from the dirt yeah. road. Yeah. And I realized, but. So if this one is this dirty, how bad are the others? So I stripped everything apart, took all the vents off and everything, and I've been cleaning them in the morning. That's what we're assembling been now. Doing when I arrived, yeah. And it's really nice. I've got a guy who's got a, a Husky 350, which I'm getting. He mm. broke both his wrists. Oh, shame. It's actually a funny story, you know. He, well, I met him as we opened. He popped around for a visit, and his wife had just bought him a brand new Husky 350 Enduro bike. Mm. But he owns his own business and he needed to be working weekends. He had seven weekends he needed to work, but she just bought him the bike on the Wednesday. Mm. 
Okay. So he's like, yeah, it's cool. Maybe I'll bring it around. And I was like, yeah, very nice guy. Mm. Um, yeah, what you see is what you get with him is really nice. So he phones me on the Monday. He says, listen, can I still bring my bike around? I said, yeah, what's the story? He said, no. So my wife went horse riding on Sunday, and I thought, I'm going to pop out for half an hour, 45 minutes, just to get a feel for the bike. He said, like, eight hours later, he came home, <laughs> got no work done, deep in trouble because he's now behind on his contract. And he owns the business, but he has to make things happen. So Monday morning, he rocks up, husky carpet for this bike to sit on, mm -hmm. the boots, the helmet, the gloves, the shirt, the pad, everything. Yeah. He left nothing behind so that he could not ride. And it stood yeah. here for seven weeks. It was oh, wow. hilarious. <laughs> the moment the contract fulfilled, he rocked up here on the back and we put it on the back, back of the back here for him. And he was like, Phew. second weekend, wiped out, uh, broke both his wrists. So yeah, it's, it's super grim because he can't drive at the moment. Um, it, I haven't spoken since I was away last week on a road trip and he went to go for an assessment to see yeah. if the operations have been successful and then they'll put casts on him and he's going to have casts for, I don't know, six, eight weeks or yeah. something. Yeah. So that, that sucks. So I said, perfect opportunity for me to get your bike back. back <laughs> so I'm probably going to go fetch it Thursday or Friday. Oh, that's cool. Um, it, it's sort of clean at the moment and I don't enjoy that. Um, my own bikes are full of nicks and scratches and mm. I use my stuff. Yeah. Um, the helmet that she just put down there is ridiculously expensive. I use it all the time. Mm. It, it's not meant to be a showpiece. Exactly. Um, yeah. Granted, there are some bikes which you don't ride very often and they're, mm. they're very, very special, but don't freak out, you know. Yeah. Um, I firmly believe that you should appreciate it. The design process isn't just how beautiful the bike is, it's how well the switch gear works, how mm. beautifully she can hold through an apex, yeah. um, how nice you can modulate the brakes or just roll the throttle on and just power past people, whatever. Yeah. Know, it's, all, it's, it's all there for a reason. And if it's just hidden in a garage, and oh, we have, exactly. you must hear some of the bikes we have in Cape Town. Mm. It blows my mind. Um, there are racing bikes, and there's only three of them in the world ever that were built, yeah. and one of them is in Cape in, Town. In Cape Town yeah. uh, the guy used to race it, mm. and he bought it from the racing company and he actually did really well, as in, in championships and shit. Mm. And I'm like, we have people like that in Cape Town? For real? <laughs> this is the kind of stuff you read about in the UK or the US or Italy, yeah, you know, exactly. where every other guy's a, a racer. Mm. Um, Spain, you know, every damn farm in Spain's got a motocross track of it. It's the most amazing place to go riding. I enjoyed myself tremendously when I was there. Yeah. But they all got mad skills. I thought yeah. I was okay. Remember I said I'm a sort of average guy? These guys are, I mean, they grow up doing this, you know, so their, their natural skill and natural ability is amazing. Don't get me wrong, I grew up in the Narab Desert, I grew up in Namibia, mm. so I'm really comfortable in the dirt, but these guys are something else. Yeah. It was amazing. That's wild. So, I like skulls, you might have noticed there's quite a few skulls around. Yeah, I noticed. So the merchandise you're carrying here, you say a lot of the stuff you're sourcing overseas, yeah. and you're not carrying Large quantity. Not at all. The stuff that you like, bring it back that people. So think where where, people where I can, I've tried to get a medium, large, and extra large. Mm. South Africans generally tend to be one size bigger, not just because of cuts, but we generally yeah. are a little bit bigger. Uh, I'm just a medium, but in mm. some of the European sizes, I'm a large, large, and in some of the Eastern sizes, I'm a double XL. Yeah. Exactly. So so I've I've tried to cater that. Um, we have got one or two double XLs, uh, but we don't see them very often. It's not something the guys make overseas. Um, I really struggle with that. 
we've tried to focus quite a bit on, on getting things which are unique, um, nice design, nice colours, good quality material, well made, so, some thoughts been put mm. into the thing. Um, it's not just another print, you know. I'd like to see that the people have put thought processes into what they're doing and, it, and it's different, it's not run of the mill. The idea is to bring something back here. At best, you're going to find some, the three people in South Africa with this T-shirt mm. that have bought it here. That doesn't mean the guy can't end up at that little shop in a little town in Rome, oh, sorry, Italy, outside of Rome, and go and buy the shirt himself. Mm. But the chances of you bumping into that guy, this is not Edgar's. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is not Volcom where mm. there's tons. There's, there's a couple of these things where there's just ones, and it's just a medium or it's a large or it's a small, and that's it. Mm. We're focusing on getting nice stuff for girls because the guys are well looked after. You and I, we, we've got lots of yeah. cool stuff that we can wear. Girls, not so much. So we are bringing in some T-shirts for the girls. Uh, I'm not going to call them blouses because they're mm. not blouses. It's T-shirts. Yeah. Ladies, looking, sort of cuts. Kind of uh, nice cut. Mm. Um, again, I'm struggling because most South African girls are not small and petite. Mm. So I'm finding the Italian and the French and some of the British stuff, the cut is just too small, too mm. tight, and the girls are not comfortable yeah. wearing them. The Americans, on the other hand, have a much better cut, but some of their stuff is just a bit too edgy. Um, in talking to some of the, the lady riders, they want something which is biker-ish. Mm. So we're looking for something feminine, a mm. nice cut, um, not too tight, not too loose, yeah. a few choices, um, wear it going out to the boyfriend on a, on a Sunday morning for a breakfast run and nobody's going to go, so what the hell is she wearing? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. But if you wear it on a Friday evening going out with the girls, nobody's going to go, what the hell is she wearing? Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to strike that balance. Jewelry in specific, the girls don't have a lot of choices here. So we've, we've linked with a guy in Paris, high-end jewelry. Mm -hmm. He's got the most beautiful stuff. So it's biker-ish skulls and... and beautiful silver roses with stones inlaid in them and things like this without being, I keep referring to Harley Davidson because this stuff is so good, mm. but without being the classic Harley, big, ugly, bulky, some of this stuff is, very few of their things are feminine, most of yeah. it is quite chunky. Chunky, yeah. Boy or girl, it's quite chunky. Not everybody wants that, so we've tried to bring that in. Then we've got a guy in, in Barcelona who hand makes stuff, so if you take it off the shelf, there isn't another one. Oh, great. So it's, it's the most amazing thing. So you walk in, you choose shape, size, colors, that's it, there isn't a back catalog. It, what you see in the shop is all is that's it? available. And if you say to him, can you make me another one in a smaller size? He'll say, yeah, I'll try. I'll, I'll try and get as close as I can to that one. Must it be the same? Because I'm gonna struggle. I might not have the same size stone or the same color, whatever, and he doesn't care. Mm. He makes each and every one unique. unique. There, there I are, suppose that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. There are not two items mm. of the same thing in the shop, and that's the coolest yeah. thing. What I like about him is he's got a lot of natural materials, so there's coppers, brass, um, a bit of stainless steel, not too much. Um, nothing wrong with that, but um, I prefer the leathers, the volcanic rock, um, those kind of things. Um, his designs are quite heavily nautical in, because he likes surfing and yachting and so forth. Mm. So I haven't really gone too heavy into that field because I, I'm not a, a nautical themed <laughs> establishment. Yeah. I'm not into anchors and compasses and things like that. Yeah. Um, but he's got nice skulls and he's got beautiful nice bracelets with beads and leather and nice chains and he makes all the links himself. He makes really cool stuff. And then lastly, we've got a, 
a biker guy in Thailand and he makes the coolest jewelry. So it's similar to the high-end stuff from France, but it's cheaper production methodology. So instead of a solid silver ring, it's a hollow silver ring. Okay. So still great detail, mm. still a great ring. I happily wear it myself. It's the kind of thing I find really cool. But the difference between the two is you, know, you put yeah, one ring, it's, yeah. it's massive, but the difference in price is massive mm. as well. So the idea is to bring these across, let people see what they are. I'm not pretending it's mine. Mm. Um, not at all. Yeah. You like what the guy's got. If you want to go and find a shop in Paris, go for it. I'll happily make introductions for you. Maybe you'll get a better price. I don't know. Um, or otherwise, no, I think, try it I on think and, I'll, people, and order it. Look, I mean, a lot of people like to find something unique and a lot of people are just happy for other people to worry about bringing it into the country. Which is why we do this. You yeah. know? I mean, if we order something from Paris or from Thailand, it's four days. It's mm. not a big deal. We've got a, a full setup to take measurements. Mm. We know You tell me, that's the one I want. I'll find out for you within half an hour, 45 minutes, whether we can get you one or not. And if not, how long it's going to take, because they do run these things in production schedules. Yeah. It's classic. That's the way yeah. they do this. It's even worse with the guy in Barcelona with his handmade stuff. It yeah. can take months for months, him to yeah. redo something yeah. compared to these guys. Mm. But it really is that simple. And, yeah. and we, we bring the stuff in, you've sized it, you know it's going to be correct, you've looked at it, I've shown you what the quality is like. So it's less risky than just popping online and saying, oh, let's find a, a ring or a necklace or a pendant or something, yeah. which is what I tend to do. Yeah. Um, and then you get stuff and you're like, mm. Yeah, yeah. That, mm. that, that, that wasn't a good plan. <laughs> Some of the stuff we've had it has been really rubbish. Okay. But we've, um, through a process of elimination, and I try to visit the guys, it's the weirdest thing. So I started this whole process, and then I found pieces, ordered bits and pieces to check quality, and decided, right, Andrew, I like what you've got. I want to come and see you so I can place an order. Why? Why do you want to come and see me? Well, I'd like to come and meet you. Why do you want to meet me? Mm. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I just, I'd like to meet who I'm doing business with. No, but why? Mm. I mean, the morning of my meeting with this guy in the south of France, his PA was still selling, telling me, why do you want to meet him? Why? Yeah. Are you sure you want to do this? No. I was like, dude, just stop it already. But I mean, do you I think that's the South African Cape Town. thing that you it, want to meet? Because I'm also it is. like that. It I'm is. The, you know, I want to go and meet the guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy in Thailand, um, I'm like, I want to come and see you. No. Oh, really? No beating about the bush. He was really easy to deal with <laughs> from that point of view. No, I don't want to meet you. But I, no, I don't have a shop. It's a manufacturer. Yeah. I don't have a shop. You're not coming to the factory. Um, it's like, no, finished, end of story. So I'm like, maybe there's a communication oh. issue. Let me type an email, so, yeah. do a translate, and send it through. The answer came back, it's still no. No, still no. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Fair enough. okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's uniquely South African. Um, I found the Americans to also want to, uh, they're not adverse to face-to-face -face meeting mm. with a guy, especially if it's going to be a long-term thing, um, and there's, it could be complicated contracts and so forth. And that's it. The... UK guys, yeah, like the biker tidy stuff, they were, they were like, wow, you're going to come and see us. Okay, wow, that's amazing. Like, why not? Yeah. I, I want, you know, I'm looking for a business relationship. I, uh, who knows where this is going to go? We need to check each other in the eye. And yeah. it's, it's the most amazing thing. These guys are like, whoa. And then when I tell them about the concept, because the, the, the guy in, in Paris with the high-end jewelry, really nice people. Mm. Their shop is, oh, wow. 
wow, this, everything is handmade, everything they've done themselves. It blows my mind, this attention to detail inside this shop. It's wow. So I rock up there and they're like, so you're going to open up a jewelry store for us? I'm like, no, but we want you to open. Okay, then I'm the wrong guy. So why are you here? Well, I want to buy some of your stuff and I want you to know that I'm taking it home and I'm going to sell it. I want you to be okay with that. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to open a jewelry shop? No. <laughs> Somehow yeah. we're missing each other here. And, and the one guy who makes the bags in the south of France, same thing. So you're going to open a shop? I said, no. You want a shop? I will happily forge the field for you. And when you're ready, let me know. Yeah. Because it means I need to replace you with something else. But no, that's, that's not my intention. If you, want people to, if you want people to come and see me because you want to have stuff delivered here, I'm there for you use me that's what i want to be used for yeah but no i'm not opening a shop for you i'm yeah. not i'm not into jewelry so the guys are they keen for you to yep. open shops it's yeah the it's the weirdest thing well it's no risk to them yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have to pay him money yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not consignment stock yeah. you have to buy the stock so it's minimum yeah. risk for them i get it I, yeah. no problem with that but it was the the, the surfer guy from Biarritz, the jewelry guy from paris and the t-shirt guy from barcelona they were like open a shop for us. Whoa, the market in South Africa is different. different you, yeah. you don't know what you're doing. I took four years before doing this of research and talking and thinking and trying to figure out what makes us different. Why does the model not? Yeah. <laughs> it, that's, yeah, it's, 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 it's not what it's about. Yeah, that can't be the business model. Yeah. We've got items which have made from recycled temple doors from India, um, okay. metal which we've taken from railway carriages. The coffee machine, to my knowledge, is the only one, only model of its kind. It took nine it's, months in total for us. It, it, it makes a good coffee. <laughs> um, it, it took nine months in total from start to finish I'm to gonna, get it I'm here. Take a, yeah, I'm no, no, take a photo no, 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 it, it makes. Looks cool. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the whole point is, these are things that we enjoy. You know, it's it's meant to be a space which I come to work, if I can say that. Mm -hmm. I come to work every day, we get to do projects, we get to do different things. If you'd been here three weeks ago, you would have found boxes behind the couch yeah. filled with Christmas presents. If we packed Christmas presents for somebody, we went out, mm -hmm. bought the presents, packed the presents, shipped oh, the presents. Wow. Okay. Um, we had hampers. Uh, that was two weeks ago, we, did, we had this place filled with chocolates and peanut brittle and fudge and they wanted baskets together for their staff so okay. we sourced so, everything so we had a budget well. whatever okay <laughs> so quite often people don't have enough time we're very very organized we're very jacked up so the bags that you were saying that you were getting were... so this kind of stuff mm. we have somebody okay. who makes them for us um you'll see they're they're not very expensive and they're yeah. really well made mm. um it, it's not about it's not about the cost it's you know i have so much more pleasure so you saw Richard, yeah. he, he tagged me on two photographs. That's my yeah. red t-shirt that he was wearing. Okay. Dude, you have no idea the amount of pleasure that brought. Mm. And it, it doesn't matter, you make 25 Rand on a t-shirt. It, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, it, you're never gonna, I'm, I know I'm not gonna make money on this. That's, yeah. that's not what it's about. I just wanna pay the bills. Mm. So, so we, we bring these in, we have some, these are quite expensive bags. Um, yeah. You can see it's a completely different kind of bag altogether. Yeah. And then we do handmade bags. Mm. And we, we hand make leather bags. Um, mm. yeah, this I is the kind the of, a, 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 a it's a theme. A theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's a theme. Oh, that's cool. Th these are unique. These are once-offs. 
these mm. scarves for the ladies, you won't find them anywhere anyway, else. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just don't exist. Asabis, if you, if, um, we, we don't get these in uh, the specific ones in South Africa. Yeah, and these are, it's a brand I grew up with. Okay. And I mean, I still have hand guards and stuff, which I've taken off other bikes in the past, and mm. I've, I've kept them. And I really enjoy the brand. Fuel, these guys make the most beautiful, yeah. beautiful nice t-shirts. They really, you see, that's the thing, is such cool people. You want, you want quality Something stuff, different. Yeah. And his thought process is so good, um, the two of them. So the, the, the guy that I'm dealing with who runs, who runs the business side of it, because obviously with the garage, you, you need to be able to have a business and have the creative side as well. So Isidoro yeah. runs the business side of this. And he worked in South Africa for five years. Okay. So it was such an easy guy to do business with, mm. as opposed to his partner who does all the custom bikes. And he was like, ah, everything is difficult. Mm. And Izzy's like, no worries. Tell me what you want. No, no hassles. I get it. I worked with you guys. I know how your head works. I was like, oh. He was the only yeah. guy I made the appointment with, and it was easy. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> some, of the, uh, some of the stuff we got is pretty weird. Um, we had three, we've only got two left now. These are military attaché cases okay. from the Ukrainian army. Oh wow, now, no. <laughs> so I've, I've got a Ukrainian friend. No ways. Yeah. So this is the guy it was issued to in okay. 1969. So is this the original one? This is original. Are you shitting me? No, dead serious. <laughs> so this is a map bag. I'm so they take. I'm gonna have to take a photo. Yeah, of this no and worries. Send it to my buddy here. So you you would put your map inside here. Yeah. And with other bits of documents and so forth, and then they would send this little guy scurrying along from mm. one command post to the other, and he would go and report Good to whoever. Yeah. yeah. It came with certain tools. Um, had a compass. They got issued pencils. They didn't have pens. Mm. Only pencils. And it had a little. The, the one that sold actually had a distance meter, calibrated distance meter. So it's. It looks like a pizza cutter, okay. but it's calibrated. So you would oh, put yeah. it on the map. Oh, and you yeah. would drive it along and say, oh, Commandant, it is 4.2 miles to the enemy. Oh, wow. It, amazing. Like, eh? Amazing. Oh, amazing eh? uh, and, uh, you know, today we use Google Maps, <laughs> admittedly. Yeah. But, but this is, oops, this is what they did. Um, let me pick up the bike. We're, we're opposite the mosque. Really? Must be one o'clock. It is. Um, I'm trying to figure out where the date is on this one. Uh, it was on a weird spot. I'm pretty sure it was. There we oh, go. There you go. And this one was uh, 1957. Wow. This was yes. issued to the guy. So this is the one. This they came with the compass, the pencils, yeah. the little distance meter. So this one actually takes an iPad. So if I'm popping out quickly in town, Sweet. I actually throw my iPad in here, and I jump on the infield. Yeah. And Brilliant. It's not then I, like for me. This, this is, is the amazing. Kind of, this is the, this is my kind of vibe. Nah. So I've got this thing you, where <clears throat> I bought a couple of gas masks, like Second World War yeah, gas masks. Yeah, yeah. But I've got one original and I've got a more recent one. Yeah. But you know what the coolest thing is? It's the canvas bag it comes in. <laughs> so where's the ammo bag here? So so this is it's the canvas stuff that gets yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, original. No, I'm, I'm a sucker this for is, that kind of stuff. Eh? I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like iron, exactly. Man. You yeah, exactly. Can't buy stuff like this these no, days. They so, make it out of plastic now. Uh, <laughs> but so, so the whole point is, I'd spend time trying to find things which are very. I've built up a network. Mm. This lady, um, 
I went to go and see her, but now, now I can just phone her and have a chat with her. So she's keeping an eye out. It's been nine months, and we still haven't been able to find Funny, any of these. But I mean, look at the condition. The other yeah. one was even better. Well, I mean, this thing looks brand new, man. You this, cannot believe it. This. I mean, this like, was you used. told me this is like from 19... So how disciplined is this as an army to look after their stuff in such good condition? Yeah, exactly. It blows, and, and look how beautifully made it is. It just, mm. It's amazing. Anyway, it's, so it's stuff like that, stupid things like the little Vespa, but it's so well made and it's just really cool. And when I had my Vespa, I would love to have had something like that. Mm. It's just, and then rubbish. <laughs> I grew up with Doctor Who. <laughs> so the Daleks were always a fondness yeah. for me. Um, when I was in meetings, boardroom and so forth, I, I doodle. Mm. So we'd, I'd write down 10 words from the meeting and the rest and of the, the page would be for the doodles. Yeah. This is true. So, so the Royal Enfield, is that yours? Or is it is, yeah. Okay. It's not as old as it looks. Mm. Um, the disc brake gives it away. And you know it's yeah. one of the more modern ones. Yeah, and yeah. if you look carefully, fuel injection. Yeah. I've had her since 2012. And I bought her the year that I um, went to uh, India to go mm. ride Enfields. Yeah. So we, we didn't get to do as many Ks as we needed because there was a conflict between India and China about something. So we, yeah. we were given a very short space of time to evacuate an area where we should have spent three days there. Okay. So basically it was a mad race, otherwise they close it and we would have really struggled to get out. So it really was a very tough day. Mm. Um, it should have been were about... You were you riding those mm -hmm. ones or the carb the uh, With carbs. Carbs, yeah. Which uh, how did they deal with the altitude? With great difficulty. Yeah. I got sick, my bike got sick. Okay. It was yeah. um Karimla, which is the highest pass in, in India, um for the last yeah, it was probably the last six or seven thousand feet. I couldn't get out of third gear and she just wasn't able to breathe enough. Mm. And then the last was about forty minutes, thirty minutes, so that's probably the last 3,000 feet, yeah. last kilometer, couldn't mm. get out a second. Oh, wow. And the concentration was purely on the throttle, to just tiny, tiny little bits just to keep her ticking over, not enough for her to flood, because that's what was happening, yeah. and slipping the clutch left, oh, right, wow. and center, and then push it down the other side, get it going, roll started, and then it was amazing to see how she cleaned up, got better and better and better, yeah. and then I think it was at about 10,000 feet or something like that, she just vroom, and then she was clean yeah, again. Clean, yeah. It was the most amazing thing. So we're, we're there and we, the bikes were amazing. It was a whole group of South African people and I still have contact with the majority of them. It's really cool. So we're in the middle of nowhere, waiting for this road to be cleared because there's often landslides. And carry on, you carry there's, on. Talking. There's often landslides. And so we're sitting there on the rocks, you can't sleep. You, the moment you relax, you can't breathe because yeah. it presses on your chest and you... <gasps> it's the most appalling thing. Mm. So you think, oh, I'm going to catch a nap. Yeah. And you can't even sleep at night. You mm. have to take pills. Anyway. Yeah. So we see this high-speed dust coming towards us and nobody does that because everybody's doing 20 k's an hour. The roads are really cuck. Mm. It, it's rough. And they're not off-road bikes. I mean, even though I'm standing on the infield to help the rudimentary suspension it's got, yeah. um, it still was rough. And the next thing, this Multistrada comes around the corner and a GS, and these two guys from Qatar on their way through to Singapore. We were like, what? 
and, and I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm going, there's no way your fuel injection is going to deal with this. They didn't have a single problem. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Uh, it's the first time I've seen a multistrata with knobbies on. It was yeah. the sexiest bike ever. Oh, really? <laughs> multistrata is a nice bike, yeah. but it definitely street orientated. Yeah. It was well before they did the, the enduro bike yeah. version. And this guy put knobbies on because of the crap road. Wow. We, we just stood there with our mouths open. Oh, wow. And they, they were doing like 80, 90 k's an hour across these roads. It just mm. floated over everything at proper suspension. Yeah, sure. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. So she's the one I want to use every day. And if I've got errands to do here in town, then I'll push her out mm. and, and we'll go riding around. It's really, really nice in traffic. It's slow. Mm. So going anywhere long distance, it's painful. Painful, yeah. Um, it puts your head in a good place because mm. there's no rush. <laughs> it's, a, it's got a different, because I've got a, I've got a um, 2006 Electra bullet. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, with a carb. Yeah. Um, I actually just picked it up a couple of months ago. It's got an electrical problem at the moment, which okay. I need to sort out, but um, I actually bought it for my daughters to learn to ride on. Seriously, it's the, the best, best bike, bike to learn on. No, no, no. They don't stall easily, they're, mm. they're unthreatening, they have no power. Yeah. <laughs> the brakes exactly. are not sharp, it's amazing. And they've got such a nice right position there, center of gravity is great. 100%. I mean, it's, it's actually such a jolt to ride, because you don't it even is. have to you think or whatever. Think. It just, just happens. Cruise around time. It just happens. <laughs> oh, they're lovely. But the first, the first time uh, I actually heard one, I was in India on business in 2006. And over and above all the other little cacophony of noise. One of these came down the road. I've got to have one of those. No, they're amazing. It took me a long time to get one, but uh, eventually I got it. So this is the local guys here in South mm. Africa who import them. Um, so no, who's importing them at the moment? So it's, it's Thruxton Motorcycle, and they still bring them in. Um, they've just had the first Himalayan delivered. Um, we had it the weekend of the toy run for Caledon. Okay. It came with us. Mm. Um, Bob actually rode it out um, even slower than this. It's a mm. 400cc, severely underpowered, and, oh, it, and it's a big bike. Okay, yeah. it's way lighter. I mean, this thing's almost 200 kilograms. Mm. It's all metal. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's one of the things you have to teach the girls when they fall over, because it will happen, is how to pick yeah. it up again. Yeah. Um, yeah. While the adrenaline is still going, yeah, exactly. because then it's easy. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's the one I enjoy the most. Mm. Um, puts my head in a really good place. I don't get upset with people. You're not in a rush. You're not cutting traffic. Just chill, relax, mm. um, really nice. It's probably one of the best rides from Seapoint through to Camps Bay through mm. the Hout Bay, yeah. it's so chilled, you're not worried about the traffic, you're not, God, I wish this car would get out the way, I want to whack mm -hmm. the corner a bit, it's, there's none no, of that. No, that yeah. You don't have to wait, and you just, fifth gear, don't worry about it, you know? <laughs> really cool. And taught my kids to ride in as well. I've done Distinguished Gentleman's Ride now probably four or five times on it now, probably four times at least. Taken Daryl, my eldest, youngest son, with me. Um, we two up on it. It doesn't make that much of a difference. It still only does 100 yeah. k's now. It doesn't make a difference. Um, I have modified it ever so slightly. Um, got different bars on because I, the original bars were a little bit low for me, and I found that I was bending slightly in my middle upper back. Okay. And, and after four or five hours, I was getting a bit of a. <clears throat> yeah. I'd get off yeah. and I'd be really stiff. So those come from a Honda CD200, which okay. is a pharmacy delivery bike, <laughs> yes. and it's perfect, and yeah. it's, it's exactly right for me, and I would highly recommend whoever buys any bike. It's not meant to be one size fits all. It's meant to be, this is the basics, now you must customize it. Yeah, exactly. You know, take, yeah. take your time and do stuff, yeah. and 
um, it, it doesn't have any bar end weights on because I think Royal Enfield realized that people around the world, when they build bikes, they put bar end weights on for vibration. So they did it without thinking through the process. So you actually can't see anything in the mirrors. Yeah. When I took them off, all of a sudden I could see stuff. See stuff. It wasn't well, just this, I think there's something there. Mm. So you have to turn your head. Now you can actually look. Yeah. And there's no massive vibration. My hands don't go numb anymore. Yeah. So it was That's amazing. Yeah. Just stupid. Well, there's flipping uh, uh, standard um, re uh, side mirrors that come on the uh, infill. Yes. I, I, I can't even use them because yeah. I can't see anything. No, you can't. <laughs> so I, um, I put bar in. <clears throat> I took my, my knobs yeah. off and I put those on. And mm. they're perfect. They actually work really, really well for me. Um, she doesn't have a lot of kilometers on because I haven't done, uh, I've only done one really long trip on it mm. and running around town it's 10-15 kilometers and you're back again. I mean you can, yeah. do, you can do, every day you can do that and it's still not even 100k so, mm. but she gets used two or three times a week at least. Um, struggling with the battery a little bit, I need to replace it but I want to put a, a lithium iron in there because mm. she stands around a lot and it's just going to be yeah. so much better. I, I don't actually mind that the battery's dead because I kickstart her. I grew up mm. with kickstarting bikes yeah. and um, I think in the last two years I've only used the electric starter twice and that was when I stalled in a robot. Okay. <laughs> and then you clutch in yeah, clutch quickly in, and in, off you go yeah, again. Off again yeah. um, but yeah, I'm, I, I love it a bit. I've only lost one bolt that's vibrated loose, which is not bad. Um, you know they vibrate terribly yeah, and everything rattles good. loose. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, she's really good on dirt roads. She's already unstable as it is. Mm. So on dirt roads, you don't know the difference. <laughs> it just, um, I taught Daryl to ride on dirt road. He was like, oh my God, I can't do this. My youngest son. Mm. And he was like, oh, this is so easy. And I'm, I'm sort of a little bit panicky because he doesn't have the experience and we're yeah, battling yeah, along yeah. at 90Ks an hour on the corrugations. He's like, no, I'm cool. Yeah. Braked fine, going around yeah. the corners fine. It's because it's not a very yeah. good bike. And it comes into its own when it's in crappy conditions. Exactly, so. but I, I always laugh because the, you know, I mean, obviously it's the good old British bike that's now made in India, yeah. and everyone makes a comment about it being made in India. But then you got to remind them that they're taking these things up the Himalayas. So they if do. it can they, do that, they know their stuff. Yeah. And then people come out of the rocks because, <laughs> because the north of India is just rocks. Mm. There's not many plants when you get up into the into the highlands, and then you, you're stuck and you're like, oh shit, what are we going to do now? And we stand around and have water and have a piece of ginger to combat the altitude sickness. And the next thing is like, whoomph, there's a local. Let me help you. You're mm. like, whoa. Yeah. And half the gearbox is apart. And it's doo -doo -doo, and you're like, all that dust, all that dirt. Yeah. How, uh, this needs to be in a workshop with air extraction yeah. and, you know, and boom, they put it together and off you go. And you leave. And the bike is still running 10 days later. And you're like, I would never have done that at home. Mm. I would have washed everything out, degreased everything, worked in a vacuum. I, I don't know. Yeah. There's no way. And they're just on the side of the road work, fixing stuff. It's absolutely amazing. amazing yeah. And it's everybody, awesome. and it's a, it's a pair of pliers, a shifter, some wire. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh my God, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, my GS, uh, I, grew <clears throat> up, I grew up in the dirt mm -hmm. in Namibia. So yeah. I really, really love off-road. I hurt my elbows. Um, a few years back, I used to have a lot of bikes at home and I had to get rid of them. And I kept the infield for three years. I needed saddle time and to allow my elbows to heal. I couldn't keep the other bikes mm. and not go riding. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'd be okay for two or three months. Like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling really good. I'm strong, I'm good. Let's take the MV Augusta out. Mm. I promise to behave. Mm -hmm. 
bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and you start with the best intentions, and by the time you're done, you come home, your arms you are, yeah. ah, and go lie on the couch and cry, and three months worth of progress out the window. So I had to just like, get rid of everything. Kept her. Um, so they're mostly okay. I can do most things now. I just have to be careful. I can't ride. It was actually a, a triple engine that hurt me. It was the resonance that, it's just, oh. just unique. It's okay. just one of those things. I can't ride those triples, mm. which really kills me because I love them. I love the brand. But like the Triumphs. Yeah. So the Envy killed me. The Triumph okay. killed me. Um, my street triple was the one that caused the damage. It, it didn't cause the damage. I did. Yeah. But sure. I was on her at the time. Mm. Didn't crash or anything. It's just, you know, being, just being stupid. It's just, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, breakfast run at ridiculous speeds over very long hours. Mm. No fairing. Yeah. Maintained average speed of the wrong side of 200 yeah. kilometers now it's really stupid yeah. and then I just destroyed and I was fine the next day a little bit sore not a big deal and then the one morning I just woke up and I couldn't pick up anything everything was just destroyed oh, wow. so I tore off the tendons oh. like a tennis elbow but yeah I just, good luck super no. mm. took and, how, and you found the GS now riding the GS no hassles um, Having a speedo cruise helps because mm. it means you can just sit back and relax. Yeah, relax. Um, but yeah, I stand a lot on her, which I find takes the pressure off my elbows. Um, I have to be careful. I did off-road riding in Spain in October last year, and I have to be careful because sure, if, and it was it was difficult. And um, yeah, end of day one was unpleasant. Mm. Nothing which some appropriate drugs can't help with. Yeah. Yeah, Prescribed? Taking, no, no, I don't want to do that, time. you know. Um, and uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and mm. stuff like that, they're not good for you on the whole. I tend to stay away from pills. But yeah, I mean, I'll, my last decent run with this one was I left at one o'clock in the afternoon for Cirrus through to Sutherland, got there for supper, only on dirt roads, and then from there to Lanesburg dirt roads, from there to Ronnie's dirt road yeah. and then I went up to, I was actually my excuse I was going for coffee in Wellington okay so you had to oh, go sorry, not the Wellington, Worcester yeah yeah, you had so, to go so, the mountain. I had to, yeah it's a very <laughs> very long path yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think we did <laughs> I think it was a total of like a thousand four hundred k's to go for a cup of coffee which is here in Worcester <laughs> but it was it was awesome and mm. I'm really fast which is not always good on your own uh, yeah don't, I don't recommend that you do that mm. and it's the kind of thing I've I'm showing away I've when I'm out on my own and I was like, because uh, I did my wrist. In, well, I didn't break it, but okay. I hurt my Good. wrist. And I've, I've broken this wrist before. So I came off my GS. I was in, in the mud. And I just oh, hit the deck. So but, quick. I, but I hit the deck so hard that I flipped my wrist. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I had to pick the bike up on my own. Yeah. And then That's just, really stupid. Yeah, yeah well, I'll, I'll be the first one to yeah. tell you. We shouldn't be doing something Yeah, no, like no, no. That. Yeah, but you see, the problem is that, yeah, it's a long story, but you know, I've made it prefer to do tar than dirt. And uh, I, I'm happy with both, but um, there's not many guys, the guys who are as fast as me are not necessarily guys I want to spend a lot of time riding with. Yeah, that's, that's also... So that's also I, I don't mind going a bit slow, but um, I've got a few guys who I enjoy riding with, but they're terrified of taking their GSs onto gravel and any little shake of the head or slip mm -hmm. off the bum and they're, they're pooping themselves. No. That's not what it's about, you know? Yeah, I probably shouldn't tell you I've been up at 220 on dirt roads with a GS. Okay. 
So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very comfortable. I'm yeah. not stupid. You yeah. assess where you are. Yeah, it's a straight exactly. line. You're not trying to go around corners. You know, you, you mm. don't be stupid about it, but yeah. no hassles. And then I would go flying past these two oaks from Joburg and they were like, what the fuck were you doing? Mm. I was like, what do you mean? He said, dude, yeah. are you insane? I said, no, it's a mm. five kilometers of straight line. What are you worried about? Yeah. And there's a couple yeah. of undulations. You get to get the front wheel mm. off the ground a little bit. And he said, yeah, oh, but it shakes. I said, so? Yeah, Chill. Well, it's always relax. Just, I mean, Don't fight it. Let yeah, it shake. it's about confidence. Yeah. Because once you've got that confidence, because yeah. I've also I've been on you know, doing 120, 130. On Which is normal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm but not But some stupid. guys are cruising at like 70. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got a guy I like riding with, and, and it's like 90. I'm mm. like, come on. Yeah. You know, like, we're going to take a, a month of Sundays to get where we're going if you're doing mm. 90. And the moment the, the gravel in the middle, it's not even a proper middle monarchy, but yeah. just a little bit of gravel, and it's like, oh my God, yeah. breaks on all the way down to second gear. Yeah, but you see, you know, the thing is, the guys tap off. Yeah, don't tap off. When in doubt, open the throttle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I bought um, Dion Mayer's Dirtbusters book. I don't know if you've seen it. I have. Yeah, so I bought that, and uh, so I started doing some of those rides in there. So I did the Roybach. On oh, my own. No ways. On the on my twelve hundred years, was road tires. Me <laughs> too. Yeah. Me too. It's not a big deal. <laughs> no, no. But afterwards, you're like, oh, what shit, was I no. thinking? Yeah, because uh, I think about six months later, there was a guy that went to, over the side. Whoa. He was fortunate. He was with a group. Okay. We went over the side. They had to airlift him out there. So I'm like, hectic. Mm. Anyway, but yeah. No. Well, we do these things then. Well, sometimes it's planned, sometimes it's not. I was driving in Caledon, I found a nice dirt road, and there was a farm road. And, brrr, and I think, well, I need to stop and eat. So I'm, there's a field, I'm going to park into those trees over there. And the reason there's no animals and there's no tracks or anything because the field is filled with little round rocks like this. <laughs> and I, only, I go on, I'm standing, it's not a yeah. big deal, second gear, I'm just going <laughs> to open. And then it was the diff most difficult thing to stop, mm. uh, sorry, after I'd stopped, to get yeah. going again. Oh, wow. Because you have nothing but bumps but in front yeah, of you. Exactly, yeah. you. You just need one meter yeah. just to get your feet off the... Mm. Oh, it was a, so I get finished, go around that gate, come around the corner, and there's this Roybach-type road, yeah. and it's just loose gravel and rocks, mm. and it was like, whoa. So yeah, I mean, uh, street tires, mm. and I come around the corner, I'm like, whoa! Instinct kicks in, up, ass back. Yeah. Relax the knees. Yeah, go for it. Some gas. <laughs> Get to the bottom and turn around and you go. Yeah. Damn, I don't want to do that again. With proper tires on, I, yeah. no, I mean, these bikes are super capable. The limitation is in my head. It's yeah. not the bike. Yeah, yeah. I look at what the guys do with these. What's the old Chris Birch on his uh, KTM? Oh, please. I mean, he That's makes it. Sanity. <laughs> he makes it. I mean, he makes it look like an injury bike. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm amazed some of the stuff you can see, you know, he's really struggling, yeah. but, but it just, but go for I mean, it. He knows what he's no, doing. No, yeah. I mean, some, some, of, the, some of that Good mud, some of those amazing stuff. Mm. It's, right. Have you been on the 1290? No. So compared to the GS, mm. it's, it feels more urgent. It yeah. feels more, <clears throat> yeah. um, whereas the GS you get on your, it, yeah. it, part, part is it, Part of it is that we, we know the bike and we're very comfortable with the bike, and the other part is it's new. But I can't call her angry. She's not angry, but she's way more urgent. Yeah, yeah, you roll yeah. it on, mm. it, there's more vibration. Mm. Um, the forks, 
the, the feedback on the forks and everything, yeah. it, it's super interesting to have a lot more dive than I'm, than I'm used to. Yeah. Um, really sharp. The roll on in Top Gear is like angry. Mm. It, it's awesome. What was interesting is the impression, the loudness, the, the vibration, the wind. Everything is urgent. And I thought, wow, chalk and cheese compared to the GS. Mm. And I brought the bike on a Saturday morning, ran some errands in town, it was cool, parked the bike here, I went home with the GS in the afternoon. Mm. And I was like, it's not that different. Mm. It's, it vibrates more, it's different, it's a V-twin instead of a flat twin. Yes, it's probably got much more roll-on. Yeah. Um, it probably is stronger, but it's not that much. It's not like a whitewash. It would be really interesting to, you know, to take but the two for yeah, a drive right, and yeah. then just because it was real easy, real easy around town. Less thinking on this one, and I don't know the bike than the yeah. GS. The GS, oh, you have yeah. to think about what you're yeah, doing yeah. in town. It, it's not a small bike. Thanks very much. Thank you, Miss. Yeah, because I've, I've ridden the 1190, you know, okay, the previous, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Adventure yeah. R, whatever, but on tar, not on dirt. I was mm. super impressed with this thing. Um, I haven't spent enough time with it. I'm not sure it's the kind of bike I would want to buy. No, I wouldn't buy it. To help you understand how little this bike gets ridden, I've just seen something. Yeah. It still has the branding on the tire. <laughs> how ridiculous is that? That's how little... He hasn't gone very far. No, he hasn't. He doesn't drive it very much. No. Um, he's incredibly particular. He does small things to his bikes. Um, he's got a, a Akrobovich pipe, he's gonna, a, a slip-on mm. he's going to be fitting. Okay. So I said he must come around here and we can do it here because it's such a simple job to do. Yeah. So he's beautiful black and mm. um, black matte. It's very, very nice. That's the one thing I miss about my, my Triumph 675 is I yeah. put uh, uh, two brother racing pipes on. Okay. And it had this burble between six and four and a half thousand on the trading throttle. Yeah. But go. I've taped it so many these. times. That's what I love about these, because I've got a I've got an R80. Okay. Stroke seven. Okay. And uh, like you, you just get it right, and it's going down the road. <laughs> yep. Pop off in the net. Yeah. Rumbles uh, behind. So what you. I've got is I've got um, I've got uh, uh, replica exhaust on. So they look oh, wow. like the original ones, yeah. but they free flows. I got them made in, in Durban. No There's a, a guy, Indian guy that owns the Powerflow uh, dealership there. Okay. Or yeah. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He makes he makes them. I must remember Stainless that. Stainless steel. Stainless I steel. I must remember so. that. I think I paid six six three for them. I've got a um, a 1958 R stroke uh, R-2, uh, 50-2. Sorry. Mm. Um, I was hoping it would have been back last weekend, but it's not. Um, it was, is the original municipality police bike from Kurunstadt. Oh, wow. Now there's a story to tell. Four and a half thousand miles on it. Hmm. But the motor was shot because it was on a farm and the kids were using oh, okay. it on the farm and everything. Hmm. Um, no rust in really good nick for a bike of that age. So um, we're, doing a, we're not doing a restoration. I'm keeping her with all her warts and wrinkles. Yeah. But mechanically, all the seals, all the bushes, all the bearings, mm. engine completely stripped, you do that stuff, everything. Yeah. And so I sent it through to Volker in PE, and he's had her for a long time. Um, not for any reason other than it was just a communication issue. Yeah. Um, I missed something, and I didn't realize that he was waiting for an answer. And I was like, dude, where's my bike? And he's like, mm. dude, where's my answer? And I was like, <laughs> oops, I'm so sorry. 
Um, so he's, he's going to be bringing it through for me. He does a lot of restoration work and he's really, really good with the, mm. the 50s. So I'm super excited to get it back. Um, and I've got a pair of secondhand original pipes, but they're in really, really bad nick. And you know how quiet they are. What pipe? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what pipes they had on them. It's a, uh, it's a trumpet. Yeah. Um, and they're quite long mm. and they're super quiet. And they've got the crossover pipe in the middle as well. Yeah. So I actually, we found secondhand ones. The original okay. ones, when, when I got the bike, the original ones were lost, yeah. um, have been lost in the meantime. They were with the bike. And I don't want her to be too noisy, but I'm mm. looking for something with a little bit more character. character yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Just a little absolutely, bit more. Because, yeah. I mean, I could have put, I could have put, like, I mean, you're talking about trying to keep the bike um, in its original. Okay. Mine's also, mine's not 100% original because mm. um, the... You know, some bits and pieces have been replaced, handmade or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, you get a bike like that, the first thing you say, oh, am I going to make a, a, a flat racer? Yeah, what are you going to do with a, it? Exactly. A, a cafe racer? Yeah. I thought, no, no, no. I keep it standard, original. It's a good looking it's, it's bike. Got, yeah, well, it's a good looking I'll, bike. I'll, sh I'll show you a photo now. That's very cool. The only thing I've done is I picked it up, it, it was a metallic solder. And the, and the tank had rusted through when I got it. So what I did is uh, I got the tank fixed and then I just got I got it um, repainted in black with a white pencil. Okay, very nice. Yeah. I like that yeah. classic. Well, it's BMW. very classic. I mean, yeah. my one came with that originally. Mm. So the, the story behind the, the police bike is that it, it was the municipality's bike and the father, grandfather, father was the mechanic who worked for the municipality. So they kept it for whatever term of years, I'm not mm. sure, five years, 10 years, I've got no idea. And when it was written off, off their books, he then bought it. And okay. it's been in the family ever since. Wow. And they sprayed it once. Um, I can see that the frame has been redone once. And I suspect the, the bodywork as well then because they wouldn't have done the one and not the other, unlikely. But it's the original black with the, the pinstripe. Um, we had to bust open the little toolbox on the side of the tank. It's unfortunate. I was hoping there were tools inside. There was just crap. crap we, yeah. we shook the tank. We could hear there was stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe. So I've asked him to, uh, he had spare ones from mm. other, other bikes that have been scrapped. Yeah. So I said, I'd like an original set. Mm. And if you haven't got them, let's, let's pay the money and get an original mm. set. Just, just for accuracy more yeah, than anything exactly, else. Yeah. We've put a full bolt kit on it because it had lots of weird nuts and bolts and screws and shit that was put on it over the years. It was a farm bike, mm. what do you think? Mm. So I said, just standardize everything again. You, you buy a, it's a card yeah. with all the yeah, nuts yeah, and bolts, everything on it. Did yeah, you get so the stainless steel ones or the, uh, no, or did we, you just get the normal one? Just the normal yeah. one. Uh, well. Because you see there, what's it, is it motor bins? The yes. guys in the UK? Yes. Where you can buy yeah. the whole stainless steel. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, actually I don't know what he bought because I just said, just go just ahead and get, do it. Get them, yeah, yeah, just as long as it's the standard stuff, mm. I actually don't mind. Um, she's not going to rust. It's not going to fall apart. It's not yeah. that big a deal. Mm. So he was actually very excited. He said, I'm, I'm the first customer to not do a full restoration and that mm. he personally believes in that. Yeah. It was nice to know other people mm. think along the line. Uh, she should be proud of how she looks and yeah. the, the scratches and the, the dings. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's... Character. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean you've, seen, you've seen the stuff that um, Sitek do in Joburg. Oh, beautiful. I mean, listen, Donovan, if you take a bike to Donovan and say to him, okay, dude, okay, you need to do... When, it, when you get it back, it's like it came off the factory. No, it's, um, I've seen. I, I mean, mean, his stuff is amazing. 
we, we have a supplier which is close to SciTech. Mm. Um, they, they do show stands for us and so forth. We, mm. We're very good at doing our own stuff. Yeah. And I was very lucky while we were doing a project with these guys that I got to spend quite a bit of time there. What was the old man who passed away? Oh, Ray. Ray. Mm. Um, I'd been talking to Ray for about four or five years mm. before <coughs> he passed. And some of those bikes, oh my God. But yeah, he was, he was a really cool guy. He gave me some solid advice. Mm. Um, almost bought one or two bikes from him. I'm glad I didn't because I make, they were full restorations. They were beautiful, mm. absolutely beautiful, but big money yeah, for no, what no, it is. No, you, spend you, know? over, you spend about 120 yeah. around there yeah. if, you, if you want to do everything. Yeah. But it was amazing. It's they, a nuts and bolts they, did, they did the spokes. I mean, it was yeah. absolutely amazing, you know, yeah. um, really beautiful. And he did some one or two custom jobs there as well, which there was a K75 which somebody mm. had done. So I've all, I've, since that day, I've got a beer in my bonnet about a K75. I've got a, a mate here in Cape Town who's got three of them. Mm. Ex-cop bikes from the Transvaal. Yeah. They're in really good nick. Yeah. And yeah, I'd like to do some project bikes on that. That's a nice motor. Yeah, it's, flying brick. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the 100 is actually a, a very nice motor. It's got mm. decent torque and it's a nice ride. Mm. The 75 is a little bit underpowered. Yeah. But depends what you're doing with it. You know, if you want to belt along on the highway, it's probably the wrong bike. Mm. But if you want to pop around town, go shopping, meet your mates on a Saturday morning, do a, mm. a ride <coughs> around the coast, go to Royals and Hermanus, it's a very, very nice bike. Yeah, that's great. Very smooth, shaft drive, what mm. cooled. I mean, no maintenance, a very cool bike. Yeah, I must admit, I do enjoy the shaft driven stuff. It makes things easier. Now, it was a big step for me. I was not a believer in it. When this thing came out when I was a kid, yeah. we were like, what, what part of madness, what <laughs> insanity have you been afflicted with that yeah. you think you can ride in the, I grew up in the Namib Desert, how do you ride that piece of cock in the desert? And they do, and they yeah. do really well. Yeah. I've taken them in the desert, mm -hmm. and I was blown away. So Anything bigger than a 250, you're wasting your time. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. Anything more than 100 kilograms, and there's no way it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Mm. And well, um, that bike of mine, uh, I got it from a friend of mine, <coughs> and like when I got it, I noticed that the odometer is not kicking over. So I said, "Okay, it's got 83,000 k's on it." So I said to him, "Dude, I see the odometer is not clicking." Mm. Ah, he says, "No, that's no. It's never worked since he's had the bike. It's never Ooh. worked." So, I said, so how many k's? Yeah. So I said, "How many k's?" <laughs> I don't know. Maybe about 30,000, whatever. So I said, "Okay, great." And he said, "Oh no, I took it up to you. Maybe I'm my girlfriend and I." Him and his girlfriend went on that bike all the way with the luggage and everything all the way up to Namibia and rode around in Namibia on that bike and came back. Bike's all going like a bone. Yeah. No, I think he did have it redone. I think when he first got it, he had it redone, the, the engine redone. And uh, even Donovan said to me, he was amazed at how well that bike goes. Because mm. I, I, I made a mistake, I let it stand for a while mm. and it got a little bit, it needed some work. Some attention. So I took it, yeah, so my buddy and I, we, we did some work on it and then we got to a point where, you know, you start need needing help. special yes, tools. Yes, you need help, and, yeah. And I mean, listen, Donovan's great. I mean, I've been to him and he says, here, here's the tool. Yeah, go and for I it. Go, go yeah. for it. So I buy all the spares from him and yeah. everything and yeah. he tells me what to do. And That's very nice. You know, he's given me the, you know, to get the alternator off, to get the coil yeah. off yeah. and all that kind of thing because you need this nice, yeah. yeah. And he's just, no. But then I eventually got to the point where I had to do the um, the shaft seal or whatever, and I just said, okay, you know what, 
I was in the, I wanted to get it ready for the DGR okay. in Joburg. Yeah. And um, so he said, no, it's, um, it'll do it for me. But um, I never, <coughs> actually didn't want the BM. Mm. I, that's not true. I did not go out to go and buy a BM. I yeah. actually wanted its XR brother mm. that, that really ticked yeah. my boxes. Tall, nice high riding position, different kind of motor, more classic, I'm more comfortable with it. And I was super, super bleak at the gear change. Oh, yeah. It was so heavy. Yeah. If you're not wearing proper boots or something mm. over the boot, it's going to dig a hole in your toe. I was like, yeah. Harry, you can't be serious. He's like, oh, well, it'll eventually wear. And I'm like, Harry, this thing's got 8,000 Ks on the clock. It's, mm. It belongs to one of the guys in the workshop. Yeah. How many Ks must it be before my, you know, <laughs> before my toe falls off? Yeah. I was like, there's no way. I was bleak. I rode 19 bikes over yeah. two Saturdays, and all of them here in Cape Town, all of them on exactly the same route, because I was at the point where I decided yeah. my elbow's okay, it's time to buy another bike. And I was like, I, I left the XR until the end because I was convinced this yeah, is that, the one. That's the one. Eh? Everything must be compared against this one. I was like, no, nah, this, this is the one. And I came back and I was bleak because, I mean, I, it, it was an, can I say it lacked character? Mm. It, it's a good bike. It just yeah. does everything well. But it, there was no quirks. It was just another Japanese bike. Without, no disrespect to the Japanese bikes, yeah. they're amazing. But it was just another bike. Yeah. And... It was, so he said, come here, take the GS out. I said, no, man, I don't want one of these. I, mm. I love how they look, but yeah. this not for me. He said, come on, you're here. You're here. Don't, mm. yeah, just, it's not going to cost you anything. Go for a nice ride. <laughs> I come back and I was so cross. I was like, dude, yeah, I'll don't it. talk to me. <laughs> I'm so angry with you right now. When can I have one? Yeah. It was amazing. Mm. Um, I was two minutes on the bike feeding through traffic, totally yeah. comfortable. And it's huge, it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. Hit the, the coast road, don't know the bike. It's got decent <coughs> tires on, the standard tires are decent tires, yeah. but I don't know how far, I've got no idea. So I'm nicely cruising through the corners and then another guy in the GS, it's his, he comes mm. up behind me and I'm like, well, if he can go that far, so can I, so I'm just gonna stick on his tail. And we were motoring, mm. I was, there were times I was going, no, 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 but he's yeah. going that far, so just yeah. keep the throttle there. Just mm. keep it tucked over. I don't think I touched anything on the floor. I think yeah. I got really close to it. Mm. And I was like, no way. Yeah. You know, I was, <coughs> blew so, me yeah, away. People don't actually realize how well those bikes handle it. <laughs> so what else can I tell you? Um, well, you it, know what I want to do is I want to arrange for, for a photo of this. Yeah. I think this is a good spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think let's 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 kill the. Let me save this. This is uh, the two hours uh, and eleven minutes. See, that's what happens when you're having fun. Eh? Ain't that the truth? Uh, I don't know how. There we go.